2: Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. We are streaming live on the Answer San Diego Facebook page. Don't forget, you can also download my podcast anytime. I'm on all the different podcast platforms, including uh, Spreaker and uh, and any iTunes anywhere where you can get podcasts. So download my podcast there. In January of this year, the city of Ham Tra- Tramp. I never know how to pronounce this. Ham Tramp. Michigan became the first municipality in the United States to be governed entirely by Muslim Americans. Mayor Amir Ghalib was sworn into office with an all all Muslim city council on January 2nd after promising to represent the entire community. Quote, no matter your faith, your background, who you love or your political views. Is that what's going on there? Well, not exactly. According to an article today. By Or at least uh, in the past few days at islamism.news written by my guest Benjamin Baird. He is an expert in all things Islam related to Islamism in politics. He is an expert in counterterrorism and counter extremism in general. He researches Islam Islamist activity in Washington, D.C. and state capitals across the country and he organizes to counter these efforts and and educates the public and the media and politicians on the threat posed by Islamist involvement in politics. He's a decorated U.S. Army infantry veteran and frequent contributor to the Investigative Project on Terrorism, The Daily Caller, and other media outlets, and I'm honored to have him on my show tonight. Hello, Benjamin Baird. Thank you for being here on The Andrea K. Show.
1: Andrea. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Wow. Um, So... um, the article, I just read the open to the article, that uh, they promised to represent the entire community, no matter your faith, your background, who you love, or your political views. Tell everybody what's really going on in this town in Michigan.
1: Right. Well, the the city of Hamtramck is interesting um, because in the last couple of decades, it's really been inundated and overrun with uh, Muslim immigrants, especially from Yemen and Bangladesh. Uh, They now account for about 50% of uh, of the population there. However, they represent the entire city government, uh, from the mayor to each and every city council member. Uh, And that really was a huge story internationally uh, during the 2021 elections. Uh, Mayor Gallup was elected, and, uh, of course, our interest at at, uh, the Middle East Forum and the Islamism and Politics Project is to look into if there are any Islamist ties with lawmakers across the country. Uh, And Amir Gallup, which is his name, um, um, stood out to us, of course, running an an all-Muslim city council. Um, So we looked into him, and uh, his Facebook page is really just inundated with racist, anti-Semitic, extremist posts, and even, believe believe it or not, what appears to be a very blatant, serious admission of voter fraud.
2: Well, um, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that should should jump out at everybody is, first of all, so we've got this Muslim mayor spewing anti-Semitic, bigoted comments against blacks, Christians, uh, and Jews, meanwhile, Donald Trump still does not have a Facebook or, or Twitter account. I don't know that he has any interest in coming back to either of those. But um, clearly, Facebook doesn't have a problem with this, kind of, uh, with this kind of hatred being spewed. And by somebody who is a government official, um, you know, I've been accused of being um, Islamophobic because I have been questioning along with Michelle Bachman for many years about the, the rise of uh, Islam within our within our government. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Benjamin Baird, but I certainly don't see anything compatible between Islamism and in is, political Islam and um, our belief system and our and our system of government.
1: Um, no, not at all. It's a totalitarian ideology. Uh, you know, it's totalitarian utopianism. Um, it's very deeply theocratic. Um, you know some people may be okay with having religion and politics, but it is this form of religion, this deeply repressive and illiberal form of religion uh, that when involved with politics always tends to um, um, be oppressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're already seeing in Hamtramck. Um They have a minority black community there that has been underrepresented for many, many years. Um, and, you know, things don't seem to be changing with the current mayor in office, um, you know, not sure what to expect from him, given his history. Uh, one of his posts, for instance, was a an offensive meme he shared, and it showed a black protester, or I should say somebody who was clearly rioting uh, after the George Floyd protest, and his, um, uh, his his clothes were just heavily stuffed with liquor bottles, clearly, you know, his prize from, from uh, rioting. However, um, you know, no matter how you feel about the George Floyd protest, it's what he said next that was deeply offensive. He basically said that black Americans use the protest as a pretense merely to steal alcohol because all of them are alcoholics and mm. its basic nutritional needs for black people is alcohol. Wow, um, and then he went on to like uh, a post that called black people animal and and human uh and other posts that referred to them as alcoholics um now you mentioned uh facebook and and being blocked or accused of Islamophobia. Facebook we believe is suppressing this article even as we speak we've tried to promote it and advertise it um we've had some difficulty doing that mm-hmm. um and you know we believe of course it's uh You know the very typical um, censorship of of right-leaning thought or anti-anti-Islamist articles that we are quite familiar with.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just back today from uh, last night from Facebook jail. They shut me down for for three days because I dared to share a video from from an actual congressional hearing in which a woman admitted different topic. Woman admitted uh, that, that the shots were killing animals. So they had to stop the, the test run. That, you know, they're not really interested in truth. And I think it's because what's going on here is, as I've been saying for many years, and you're an expert in this area, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I see that the Islamists are a natural partner for the Democrats because they share the same view of a centralized system of power with complete control over the citizens, which is why the Democrats are hysterical if they see Christmas on a calendar in a school or cross around a teacher's neck, but they don't seem to have a problem that in this town – Muslim prayer is being on the loudspeakers, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, the Muslim call to prayer is blasted over loudspeakers. It's, it's quite loud. Um, you know, I, don't, I think it only happens three times a day that they're allowed to do it. But, you know, according to the faith, it's supposed to happen five times a day. Uh, but there's people who live in apartment buildings right next to mosques that have to hear that every single day. Um, and I've, I've seen the arguments from the other side, from the Islamists in Hamtranek, and they say, well, you know, you guys have church bells. Well, of course, a church bell is not a political or religious message. It's not declaring that Christianity is the only religion and mm-hmm. Jesus is the only prophet. Uh, quite different. Um, and, and you're absolutely right that it is a, a totalitarian ideology that isn't uh, that does not work with with. Uh, the American political
2: system. No, it does not. We're talking to Benjamin Baird, and I want everybody to to download this article and share it as much as possible. It's at islamism.news. Uh, um, you also talk about how he liked uh, a comment referring to Jews as monkeys who levy taxes on, quote, the air we breathe. He described Muslims using an Arabic pejorative word and wrote that Jews and Nazarenes have only been content with Arab kings and despots. Um, You know, this is this is this is if we had a a, a Republican mayor, for example, making these kind of comments, he'd already be run out on a rail.
1: That's right. I mean, uh, we shopped this story around to quite a few media outlets. Even after we published it, we shared it as a news tip. uh, And, um, you know, we haven't had much interest in the story. Black Lives Matter in Detroit. We've contacted them. We've contacted the NAACP in Detroit and Hamtramck. They don't want to do anything with it, and it's because it is a Democrat and a Muslim, a a perceived, you know, uh, persecuted group uh, that is responsible for these blatantly racist comments, and so they're willing to let it go.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, uh, That's typical of the Democrats today. It's about, you know, uh, we we have multiple two sets of laws, one for one for uh, the elites and who the Democrats want persecuted and then they get away with whatever uh, crimes that they commit, including uh, election fraud. Tell everybody about that.
1: Right. So um, this was during the uh, presidential Democratic primaries in 2020. And uh, Mayor Gallup posted he wasn't mayor at the time. This was uh, just before his election. In fact, all of these posts were were just before he was elected or got into politics. Um, But at any rate, he posted that he did his duty uh, and went to where people were voting absentee and that he influenced them to change their vote from voting for Joe Biden to Bernie Sanders. Not only did he say he did that. Uh, which is against the law in Michigan. You are not allowed to influence somebody who is in the act of filling out an absentee ballot. But he also said he filled out voter cards for about 20 people and their family members, Mm. uh, which uh, certainly each and every case of those would be a felony if he is proven to be guilty of of that crime. Uh, We've notified the FBI. We've notified the Michigan Secretary of State. And much like the media, uh, many Hamtramck citizens themselves, uh, you know, the law enforcement does not seem very interested in this problem uh, as well. So we're going to do everything we can to um, amplify it, to to make this clear, and we're going to start a campaign to make him apologize and hopefully resign for these hateful comments.
2: Well, yeah, because um, you know, even even though they were made before he got elected, how how does somebody get elected in the United States of America saying crap like that? You, Roseanne Barr lost her entire TV series that she created herself because of one tweet about Valerie Jarrett, um, but this mm. guy gets to be mayor. There, there's no cancel culture on on on, it, 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 but but that aside, I want to ask you. Um, he credits. Um, getting elected, and part two, young people from the Salafi movement. Let's talk about that a little bit because one of the, one of the things that has me concerned about this is that, and I've have stated for a long time that I thought the U.S. government was wrong. They needed to, to declare Islam as a political movement with the religious mm. component. Um, because, they, you know, the Islamists get to hide behind religious freedoms in this country. And I don't believe that they're compatible. They're not compatible with our system of, of governments, which, which is why we needed to stop, you know, this this refugee importation problem that we've had going on. But tell tell me about the Salafi movement and, and how um, radical they might be and how that might translate into policy.
1: Sure. Um, you know, the Salafists expect it's quite popular uh, in the Middle East, uh, especially in the Gulf States and Saudi Arabia, uh, where you have the Wahhabi Islam. Salafis um, is, is very puritanical. They believe in a return to uh, the pure forms of Islam as practiced by the Prophet and the next three generations of Islamic leaders. Um, so it's definitely a uh, 7th to 8th century ideology. Mm. Um, there are different forms of Salafism. of course. There are many jihadists, which are the popular ones who make most of the news that you see, um, you know, from Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Um, but then there are also quietist Salafists who don't believe necessarily in political involvement, but still ultimately want to see Islam rule the entire world. They just want to have that happen through social upheaval. Uh, rather than by participating in uh, an electoral system. In either case, uh, what they want for America are very barbaric forms of criminal punishment. They're very patriarchal. They're very uh, anti-LGBT. They tend to dislike Israel greatly. Um, And uh, and believe in many other, uh, what we consider in a modern world, to be oppressive practices, um, so the fact that Emir uh endorses these teachings is is quite
3: uh, alarming.
2: Yeah, and and it makes me concerned about uh, you know a change in policy locally to you know enforce Sharia and maybe start you know the what's it called the jizya tax or whatever it is against local citizens you know right. um uh, you know the i don't know what this how this translates to the muslim brotherhood but we know that their manifesto was the goal was to replace the constitution with the quran and you right. know th- this should this should not be uh happening in the united states this guy has no business being may- mayor simply because of his bigotry uh right. r- remarks so thank you for exposing this um, not enough people are, are still paying attention to this. They get aggravated every every year, Benjamin Baird, when people hashtag on 9-11, never forget. Oh, we've clearly forgotten. When we got this going on in the United States of America, we've clearly forgotten about
1: 9-11. Our memory is too short. That is definitely true.
2: All right. Well, make sure everybody knows. Tell everybody where they can read this and, uh, and other examples of your work.
1: I will. Uh, yes, certainly. You can find me uh, at Watch or at Focus on Western Islamism, uh, the website there is islamism.news.
2: Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. my pleasure.
2: Thank you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. Coming up, we've got, uh, I think on Friday, I was reading the executive order from Trump uh, about the ab- abortion and plans for the government to provide abortions, and I was kind of curious and kind of skeptical and kind of kind of suspicious as to how they might continue to try to uh, violate the law now. And it turns out my suspicions were right. And I will share that with you when we come back from the break. This is The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego.
1: You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Okay, so Friday night, I read through the executive order um, from the Biden administration as to, uh, you know, he did a big press conference with freaking Frac behind him, um, uh, Becerra, as well as um, Kakala, Kamala Harris, right? And, 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 and Skins and I were talking about it. We're like, well, there's really there, – what are they actually saying here? They li- listed four different points of it things. It pretty muddy. It seemed muddy. It's like you're making this big announcement. He laid out four things they were going to do, and it was really a bunch of yada, yada, yada stuff. But as I was reading it, I was starting to get a not-so-good feeling because there was some actual – was it was alluding – to some sketchy stuff, including um, hiding procedures from from the states in terms of getting a bunch of lawyers together um, to defend doctors, to defend patients. They were basically planning to break the law and to provide a means to do so. There was also something in there that had to do with emergencies. And I said to Skins, I said, I, actually I said on the show, I said, I think that what they're going to do, is they're going to declare they're going to pull a COVID-19 they're going to declare that the federal government has a right to use emergencies as a way to seize control over medical treatments that are taking place around the country
3: they're so great at that emergency thing aren't they
2: yeah and and there was a meme that was going around after COVID that said if the government can use an emergency in order to take your um, to as a means to take your freedoms away, they will create an emergency in order to do so.
3: Well, as you and I were talking about off the air, I mean, COVID was kind of the ultimate test run and now they can pull the trigger on that for whatever they want.
2: Yeah, so um, basically now that's, and sure enough, I was prescient on that. I read between the lines and said they're going to start using, that's going to be the way they're going to do it. They're going to use a public health emergency as a means to um, federalize, providing abortions. In fact, here is um, HHS Secretary Becerra explaining. Uh, Skins, please play clip three.
4: Uh, more to do, but I want to turn to another issue that's top of mind for a lot of Americans right now, Secretary Becerra, and that is uh, the issue of abortion rights. President Biden said Sunday he's considering declaring a public health emergency to free up federal resources for promoting abortion access. However, at the same time, the White House is acknowledging that's not a great option. So what is your take on that plan? And what other strategies is the Biden administration considering in response to last month's overturning of Roe v. Wade? Tanya, the the president instructed us at HHS, and me specifically, to look for everything we could try to do. And that's what we're doing. And the public health emergency is one of those proposals, options, that's there. We're taking a look. We want to do everything we can. But again, it is tough to undo a Supreme Court decision that unraveled, stripped away 50 years of protections for Americans in this country for health care. So we're going to do everything we can. We'll look at every option. We'll try to make sure that we can move. We don't want to get stuck in court, but we are planning to move.
0: So uh, on the subject of moving yeah. and, uh, and trying every option, I mean, could you enumerate a couple of the options? Yeah. What else is on the table as a
4: possibility? Sure. So, for example, uh, if a woman happens to end up in an emergency room, something is happening and it involves perhaps her pregnancy in order to save her life, that woman is entitled to get the care she needs to stabilize her. That could include an abortion, even in a state that says it bans abortions. If your life is in danger and you have federal protections to make sure that he- health care providers provide you with all the protections you need, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that women understand what their rights are to get full protections that they're entitled to. There are other things as well. We're going to make sure we protect providers to the degree the law allows us so that they don't feel that they will be uh, before a criminal court simply for doing their job and fulfilling their Hippocratic oath. Right. I was going to say, because there's crucial moments when we're talking about life or death situations, you can't have doctors sort of of double.
2: Yeah. uh, So basically what he's saying there is um, uh, if if a woman goes to the hospital in the emergency room, happens to be pregnant, We're going to basically make sure that she has the right to claim that her life's in order. They're going to use the excuse of her life is in jeopardy as a means to override state law. Um they're manufacturing an end around by basically claiming all a woman's got to do is go to a hospital. Basically, this is what he's saying: all a woman's got to do if she wants an abortion is go to a hospital, fake that she's got some kind of some kind of problem while she's pregnant, and they're going to provide legal cover for doctors to perform abortions under the guise of a public health emergency. That's basically what he's saying. Am I? It, it, did you hear the same thing I did, Skins? Yep, it's exactly what he's saying. Um. If your life is in danger and you have federal protections to make sure that health care providers provide you with all the, we're going to do everything we can. So um, this reminds me of, it wasn't Gosnell, but there was a, a doctor in somewhere in the, in the Midwest, might have been in Oklahoma, where late term abortion was against the law unless a woman's life was in danger. So they had mills going on. They had, they had doctors that were willing, without even seeing a patient, give a referral saying, this woman needs an abortion because if not, her life is in danger. And that doctor ended up being, I think, I don't remember what happened to the doctor. I think he ended up dying or something, but, or, or was prosecuted and his little network of doctors that were basically, you know, signing off a lie that a woman's health was in danger so she could get a late term abortion which was against the law in the state was discovered. And that's basically what the play is here at a federal level. That's that's the play that's going on. Is they're going to tell doctors, look, if a woman comes into an emergency room and says, you know, she wants an abortion, wink wink, all she's all you've got to do is claim that it was it was her life was in danger and we will provide legal cover for you. The rule of law means nothing to these Democrats. We are in a full state of anarchy, whether we're talking about the rule of law in terms of being innocent to proven guilty. You're not supposed to have the you are supposed to be probable cause before an investigation. You're supposed to be given your due due process rights. We have innocent Americans that are knowingly innocent that are still being held without bail. That's how far from the rule of law we are in the United States of America.
3: I was just going to say if Republicans were trying to do this work around Andrea, they would be accused of being doing an, an insurrection.
2: Exactly. This is obstruction of justice. We can't undo. Uh, well, and, and it's an ins- it's every bit of is is an insurrection, whether we're talking about the invasion of the southern border, when you're allowing millions of illegals to come in and take over a nation. That's a coup attempt right there. That's insurrection. That's a takeover of a nation. They might
3: not like it, but the Supreme Court made a decision.
2: There was an in, the real insurrection on November 20 was the stolen election. Not not the rally that w- that was was upset about it on January 6. A real insurrection the coup attempt was the multiple impeachments of Donald Trump. This January 6 is the real insurrection. It's an insurrection when you are when the Supreme Court of the United States has returned this issue back to the states and you're not respecting it and you're obstructing that. We have no rule of law in the United States of America. And I am disturbed tonight that nobody is reporting on this gateway pundit story that I opened the show at the six o'clock hour with. Nobody. And then on top of it, then then we've got an entire city council run by Muslims that are openly Islamic, Islamists. And you can call me Islamophobic all day long, but you know what? I don't care. I'm not that 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 is not going to be a weapon that's going to use be used against me to shut me up. Why would you? Why would anybody come at me? How about you got an a, issue with anything I'm saying? You take it to this Muslim mayor that's calling blacks um, animals. What did he? What did he, what did he call Jews? I can't remember what he referred to as Jews. It was Louis Farrakhan who called them termites. Democrats don't have a problem with that. Monkeys. Monkeys. And how we have, we have no rule of law when we're supposed to have separation of church and state. The very people today that are hysterical about overturning of Roe v. Wade, as an example of, or um, the the, uh, coach who was allowed. Oh, Christian values. uh, Oh, yeah. They're making Christian values more important, religious freedoms more important than anything else in this country. You don't seem to have a problem with Muslim prayer being spewed over loudspeakers. That is a violation of our U.S. Constitution. We're not supposed to be pushing one religion over another. And when you're pushing Islamic prayer over loudspeakers, you're violating the law. We have no rule of law in this country. We still, the bodega worker who uh, was arrested for murder simply for defending himself is still in jail for murder. No, he he was finally released. They finally lowered his bail, and now he's under house arrest when he did absolutely nothing wrong. When the multiple the uh the the felon who attacked him i don't know how many times he had been he, he had just been released from prison jail uh, uh, for that with the umpteen thousand time right um at least uh, here's the good news in that story the felon who attacked him is dead good we're going to take a break we come back uh, and nothing that had to do with a bodega story had to do with a gun. By the way, um, we're going to share with you guys a little bit of what happened on the White House lawn today with Joe Biden and his little his little speech today. On uh, he's a time traveler. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm too sore for my setups to laugh. <laughs> we're going to play that clip for you when we come back. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego.
1: You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back. Got a quick question for you guys. Um, During the break, I was scrolling Instagram, actually looking for food. And I come across this article, and it says Texas brothers beat stepfather to death for allegedly molesting their nine-year-old sister. Anybody out there got a problem with that? 888-344-1170. I kind of don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Um, Put your hands on a kid, sexually molested kid. You basically have murdered that child. That child will never be the same ever again. To me, it's murder. And I don't have a problem with these boys doing that. Um, All right. So we have, we, we, we have a, a, a violence problem in this country. We don't have a gun problem, right? Um, the violence you can see all over the place, like with the bodega assault on, on that old man, by the way. So, uh, But nevertheless, after Uvalde, in which we finally got to the truth, right, we actually know now that the bottom of the story that, you know, when when we got to the bottom of of what happened in Uvalde, they actually could have stopped him before he even got into the building. Right. Nevertheless, it didn't stop the rhinos, Cornyn, Tillis, and uh, from joining on with Democrats in pushing, passing whatever uh, latest iteration of gun control that Joe Biden was celebrating today out on the lawn um so um <laughs> there's just no there's no cogent way to introduce this clip um here's what here's what biden had to say today being his most biden-esque clip one marjorie stoneman douglas high school in
0: parkland florida nineteen eighteen, seventeen 17 dead 17 injured
2: <laughs> yeah Um, are they going to come out and say that, that we heard wrong? Last week, the, the clip was he he repeat, he read the, the teleprompter when it said repeat the line. He read repeat the line.
3: Yeah, maybe he's just seen Back to the Future and he's figured it out.
2: (laughs) They haven't come out to try to gaslight us like they did after he read the words uh, repeat the line. Um, they said, no, he said, let me repeat the line. No, they tried to gaslight us. No, no, no. He's doing
3: it pretty frequently.
2: Yeah. To the, to the point to where, an article came out today where Democrats and staffers are so concerned about his age he's now shuffling and they're concerned he's going to trip over uh, over a wire and land on his face. This man has no business obviously being in the Oval I don't Office think he's
3: make it till the end of the year
2: um, yeah i i i, it, I mean, think about it he cannot make it two more years; they've got There's to do no something way. I think they're waiting until the end of the midterms. I think they're trying to get through the midterms and then and then figure. Isn't figure there a cut out off
3: I, I heard a theory that they're they they're waiting because if it reaches a certain point and Kamala does take over, she can still run for a full two terms.
2: I don't know. You know, if you guys are aware of that, let us know. That's something to be researched. Maybe we'll ask Tom Dubacaro about that. Um, you know, there was um, there was while he was given the speech today, there was supposedly. Um, Well, there wasn't supposedly there was a heckler in the audience and Biden told him to sit down. I'm not I'm not done. I haven't been able. I I started to play the clip. We went back and forth on playing it. Um, I think that the headline makes it seem worse for Biden in that moment than it was. So I didn't want to, you know, to me, that's not the big headline here uh, of the story. It was a a parent of one of the kids who died in Parkland, who and, and one of the reasons why he ended up being escorted out. Um I don't think it was as bad a moment for Biden as it was. I mean, you know, you're not supposed to heckle the President of the United States in the Rose Garden or wherever it was he gave the speech. On top of it, I think this parent you couldn't really hear on the clip what he was upset about. I my, my take in it is he didn't feel that gun control went far enough. And in spite of the fact that I'm so sorry. I don't I think there I can't imagine anything worse than losing your child, let alone to murder, um, that still doesn't give you the right to take away anybody else's rights. Uh, yeah, I resent, and I resented at the time that Parkland kids were taken to the White House. I resented again after Uvalde. Your, whatever you have suffered in your life as a human being, my heart may sincerely ache for you. You guys know how much I It just continue to grieve for those children in Uvalde. But the solution is not to go and take away and to push for the denial of freedoms for law-abiding citizens in this country. And our country and our Constitution is supposed to be bigger than any one human being and whatever they might have suffered in their life or even a group of parents who lost their kids in in Parkland. It doesn't work this way. And whatever you've suffered does not somehow – Grant you, uh, make you more important than me or anybody else. I, this kind of goes in line with how I feel about hate crimes legislation. I resent it. anybody who's gonna anybody who loses a child today, anybody any family member who's lost a loved one today, they don't suffer more because of the color of somebody's skin. They don't suffer less because of the color of somebody's skin. We we we've got, we've got to it's stop. All tragic suffering. It's all tragic suffering. And, n- and nobody's, nobody's suffering is any greater than anybody else's, in my opinion. And my heart aches for everybody. And so I resent. Um, and, and and then on top of it, I don't like the tragedies and the pain and the suffering being exploited by people for power. And that's really what I want to talk about because, you know, I do want to play. The one clip uh, I want to play is not of what happened with the heckler. And conservatives sometimes glom on to something thinking that this somehow helps the cause and they obscure the real issue. The real issue today is how these tragedies are being exploited to take more and more and more of our freedoms away from us, whether it's COVID or whether wh- whatever the, the means is, that's really what's going on and it's death by a thousand cuts. So here's Biden today trying to justify this gun control, this gun grab and another another um, cut against, uh, what's it death by a thousand cuts, another cut towards the death of our nation today. Skins, please play clip six.
0: None of what I'm talking about infringes on anyone's Second Amendment rights. I've said it many times. I support the Second Amendment. When guns are the number one killer of children in the United States of America. Let me say it again. Guns
2: are the number one killer of children in the United States. Um, So he always goes overboard with the anger um, and trying to sell it. Like he's talking to everybody like we're corn pop. Um, I actually did. I, I, I had been on uh, Real America's Voice one day, in which the segment before me laid out the causes of death uh, for children in this country, and I don't think guns was in the top ten. It certainly was not top five. And you know what else wasn't? COVID. And that hasn't gone away either. The attempt to push uh, those shots on children. Um, so this is just, uh, just you know. And even contradicts himself. None, none, none of what I'm talking about infringes on anyone's Second Amendment rights. The very definition of infringement is anything that makes it harder for anybody to get a gun. That's an infringement on our rights. Number number one. Number two, I, 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 I support the Second Amendment, but don't give me a but. You don't support the Second Amendment. You and do or you tra- don't. You, you do or you don't. Shall not be infringed. We just celebrated the 4th of July. That didn't happen without a whole lot of people having a whole lot of military grade weaponry. And that's ultimately what this is about. They're happy every time there's a mass shooting and there's been 309. We got a we've got a violence problem that it that it in many instances they're using guns. And the Democrats are happy about it if it gives them an opportunity, and excuse to take guns away from the law abiding citizens. There will never be a gun free United States of America ever. What they hope for is that the law abiding MAGA people are the ones without them. And that's just the truth. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Majority of Democrats don't want Biden to run for reelection in 2024. And in fact, more Democrats are going vocal about it. And you're going to hear from just a couple of Democrat voters and what they had to say. Stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. This is The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer is San Diego.
1: You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Well, this comes from the Duh department, <laughs> from the Duh file. <laughs> Majority of Democrats don't want Biden to run for re election in 2024. I love this uh, this uh, article. Skins pulled from one American news. This it's Joe Biden's with his mean face on, pointing his finger. You know that's supposed to be Mister. You know I'm being a leader. The you know this was a uh, picked from today from the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Please, um, according to a new poll, nearly two thirds of Democrat voters do not want President Joe Biden to run for re-election in 2024. Um, ninety four percent of respondents under the age of 30 believe Democrats should nominate someone other than biden ninety four percent
3: think about that
2: that's yeah, huge It's huge in part because under the age of 30, I mean that's so much of their demographic, right is the young people like the little dopes they've they've shoved out of these colleges with their you know lBGT and gender studies degrees right that's who's, that's who's supposed and to if be you voting can't get for. the youth. The Utes, if they can't get the Utes, man, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, They believe that Democrats should nominate someone who, uh, other than Biden, who is, quote, the oldest president in U.S. history. <laughs> um, in a Truth Social post on Sunday, Trump noted there are a lot of people Biden's age and older who are good and sharp as ever. And that's true. And one of the reasons why Trump is saying that, because I didn't watch his rally this weekend, but everybody's pretty much saying that, you know, he he pretty much indicated he was running. Um, it appears, according to this article, it also appears that Biden has become the most hated president in the past 75 years as America faces deepening economic and social crises. According to 538 polling Monday, Biden's approval rating of 38% is the lowest among all presidents since 1945, except Harry Truman. And at 46, Truman's rating was 33%. This can be compared to Trump's rating of 42%, At the same point in his presidency, think about that with the Trump derangement syndrome going on. And and with that, that was when Trump was under um, investigation for colluding with the Russians, right? He still did higher. He's still higher. Richard Nixon's rating at this point was 54%, right? So I want you to hear from what some Biden voters themselves had today about it. Um, And this one kind of irritated me. Um, but anyway, let's let her have her say skins. Please play clip four.
4: um,
1: I, you know, Biden was the, Biden was the first person I ever actually voted for. Um, I feel like our youth, they either don't have time to vote or they don't think that their vote matters. And so, um, we, we aren't really informed on who to vote for. Um, the media portrayed Biden as someone who was going to fix this country and honestly, from my perspective, my personal experience, he's made it a whole lot worse for people like me who voted for him. So I feel not only embarrassed, but um, I just feel very manipulated by the media, like social media, portraying him as someone who is going to fix the country. He didn't.
2: Wow, a lot there. First of all, um, at least, I mean, I guess the good news is, is she was willing to go out there and, you know, um, talk about the fact that she... Um, regrets voting for Biden. He did make things worse for her. Um, but I, I, I would have asked her. Um, she says, uh, well, first of all, let's talk about the fact that she says, talking about young people, we aren't really informed on who to vote for. You should never have to depend on anybody else to tell you who to vote for.
3: And if you don't do the research to find out who's the best candidate, you honestly shouldn't be voting.
2: It should actually start with reading about what this country was founded on. Reading, the, Reading about... The um, read the U.S. Constitution, read the Federalist Papers. You need to be educating yourself on this country and its history, and getting it from a variety of different sources. Instead, we've got young people. Listen to what she says: the media and social media. um, I feel very manipulated by the media and the social media because you are. Yeah. Why did you ever? Why were you ever reliant on them? And as bad as it is, and we complain about social media, we complain about how they're censoring, and, and they are the actual disinformation campaign, there is still enough truth out there, but you've got to take responsibility for the information that you consume. And then also, that includes about this country, it includes about what's going on in this country, economically, from a foreign policy standpoint, from a cultural standpoint.
3: And nobody you, should be relying on social media for hard news.
2: For, for Yeah, for any information. It starts with a better understanding of this country and what it was founded on in the first place. Um, she, the media, portrayed him as someone who's going to fix the country. What about the four years of the greatest economic re- revival in the history of this country needed to be fixed? What in the world? I would have asked her, "What did you think? What was Biden supposed to fix?" Greatest economic recovery in the Which history. Of the,
3: okay, other than, than on the
2: other side of uh, COVID. He did everything, that the, and he did everything, much to my chagrin, Trump did everything the Democrats wanted him to do with COVID. So what problem? Did, what needed to be fixed? I would have asked her that. Again, this is, she's actually, the, we can we can survive a Biden presidency, but we can't survive people like this. This is the very quintessential low information voter that Rush Limbaugh warned about. She's coming to her senses, but it's a little late. And, and they were able to pull off the steal because of dopes low information voters like her. Hey, we know you're high information people. That's why you tune in every night here at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you for being here tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night on Taco Tuesday. Appreciate you.